world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed on this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Man, first of all, I feel really bad for those of you who are trying to transform your temple. I've, I've been kind of dropping the ball. I just... Crazy stuff going on, man, and I just haven't had the time. I'm I'm still on it. I talked to my buddy Rod. I'm going to get him going on it today. I know some of you out there have lost lost some weight. I know you have. I know some of you have have uh, probably faded by now because you haven't been coached up every day. I apologize for that, but I'm going to get back at at it. I'm down uh, I'm down about eight pounds, and uh, I think I'd love to hear some testimonies. Not now. Some others out there who are down. It's all more than just losing weight, right? It's more than losing weight. It's purifying your temple. I'm. Uh, so uh, praise, praise the Lord for that. Excited this weekend. Got a bunch of folk coming in. A bunch of testosterone is going to be floating around uh, up here. So uh, looking forward to that. Don't forget Saturday afternoon, Dr. Frank. Spencer, I didn't have that ready for you. Can you pull that up there again? Dr. Frank, look, women, children, everybody. As we saw yesterday, remember I made the presentation yesterday about uh, how uh, all the counties are being won by by. Republicans and the inner cities where all the cheating's going on, even though they tell us it's not right. Dr. Frank's going to present unbelievable evidence to you to equip you to understand just how local the elections are local, 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 and they're dirty voting rolls. And that's why the, and the mail-in ballots, all this stuff, folks, this will be a great weekend. If if, great time, it's one o'clock to four o'clock on Saturday in Granville, Ohio, and uh, uh, $20 a stay, it's kind of, oh, that's, that, that's something, to, that's something tied to See you there, okay? If you need some more information, bring a friend and come in here so that you understand what really happened, okay? Because I know this, that uh, the word is in Washington, D.C., that the, the, the elections were perfect. We heard about some court, some court rulings where the judge said, well, the, there clearly was no, clearly was no, uh, uh, Election interference. Clearly, it was just clean and pure, and that's not true. It's just not true, right? So all this stuff we're finding out, we're a little bit behind, and it's all important. Let me throw this up there because this is really, really good news. Go, the town of Ohio is going. What do they say it's going to go blue. Ohio's going blue. You know why Ohio's going blue? Because they're cheating in the inner cities. They're cheating in the inner cities. Look at this, huh? Women and children win. Ohio bans sex changes for minors and protects sp- female sports. So we, our, our Senate and House passed a bill protecting women. You can't, you can't give hormones and cut off dingers and everything of little kids under the age of 18. Can't do it. Can't do it. And boys cannot play. Trannies cannot play girls' sports. Cannot play. And that bill passed. The governor vetoed it. And yesterday, the Senate, the House already overrode it, overrode it. Yesterday, the Senate overrode it. And I believe, might be wrong, we are the first state to do this. Now it's going to sweep. Now it's going to sweep America. Why? Because we're the heart of it all. Ohio mm. is the heart of it all. So in Ohio, a tranny boy, what a boy, a biological boy, can never play female sports. We just passed that law. And in Ohio, they cannot, even with parental consent, they cannot put hormone blockers, cut off dingers. They cannot do that in the state of Ohio to a minor. Great, great victory. The Luciferians, of course, were against it. Folks, we are winning every nook and cranny. Everywhere we look, we are winning, winning, winning. How about uh, what's going on down in um, uh, Texas? Huh? The governor said, ah, ah, Amen. put that boy back up. Ah. Now, hey, 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 listen, listen. Part of this is by design, folks. 
And we all better wake up and understand that they're doing everything they can to lead us to some type of real insurrection where the real force of government can come down on us. Don't you, don't, don't you, don't you, uh, uh, come on, come on. We've been here before, right? We've been here before. And so Texas said, the governor said in Texas, after the Supreme Court ruled five to four, you think they aren't on the take? You think they don't have something on those guys? So after the courts ruled five to four, that you can't put barbed wire up to protect the border, Supreme Court ruled that. The Texas governor said, my duty is to protect Texas. I don't care what the United States says. I'm protecting Texas. Somewhere along the line, we lost the idea of states' rights, right? So the governor is putting the putting more barbed wire up, calling out the National Guard, and we've got a showdown coming in Texas. Get him, Chad. Get him, Chad. It's all good. Now, remember, a lot of this is designed to give the government the authority to come in and try to crush us, and that ain't going to be good. I'm going to say to the FBI, you can follow everything I've done for 20-some years. I've never done anything violent. I've never done anything to break the law. Wait a minute. I did take water to Terry Schiavo, which really wasn't a law because it was a higher law. I went to jail for that. But I'm a law-abiding guy, and I wish the government would obey the law. Okay? I wish. Now, now, oh, man. I know you're going to want to get in here, but I, got, I, got, I came across something today that just kind of lit me up. Said, Are you kidding me? Let me make sure. Great weekend. Dr. Frank, the wine. Boom, boom, boom. You can still come to Sky High. We'd love to have you come. We'd love to have you come. Clay's going to do a bunch of cooking. We're going to, we got a lot of good stuff going on. We're going to have fun. We're going to smoke cigars. We're going to light a fire. Because, hey, I didn't look at the forecast this morning, Steve, but I think Steve's already here. Steve's working like a, like a fool, like a slave. What's the forecast here? Okay, this weekend, whoops, wrong, wrong one. Hang on, coach. Hang on, hang on. Okay, this weekend, you won't believe it. Today, it's a high of 53 here in snow-drenched Ohio. Friday, it's going to be a high of 56 in snow-drenched Ohio. And Saturday, it's going to get uh, 48. Sunday, it's going to cool off. We're going to overnight. It's going to be a high of 41 on Sunday. Most of you will be leaving by the end of that. All right? Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get out of here. Okay, cool. I, I I got a couple things I got to show you here. Oh, go to number four real quick. I like to always give you a little update on what's going on. What's going on? Patriot Act. Hey, why did they? Why did they start the Patriot Act? Don't play this yet. Why did we? Does anybody remember why they? Why we started the Patriot Act? Anybody remember why? Come on, come on. Why did Mars we? Something to do with yeah, those Muslims. Nine eleven. Those Muslims. Box cutters. Those Muslims did it. And they hijacked some airplanes and they flew it into towers and brought down towers that weren't even hit by planes, those Muslims. Are. So we can't let those Muslims do us anymore. So let's get the Patriot Act. Huh? You better be careful anytime the government says they want to protect you. You better be careful. You better be careful. So what we're finding out now, are you ready? The FBI has a new surveillance program. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're watching your bank account. And if you're giving money to the wrong organizations, you're going to watch this. If you're buying ammo, you're going on a watch list. And, and if you're uh, if you're storing food, you're going on a watch. You, you get it, folks? Huh? We're at war, man. <laughs> We're already at war. I mean, I, this is really good, but I'm not going to play it because that's not something I focus right now. Okay. The FBI FBI orders banks to flag purchases tied to religion or MAGA. The FBI. Why would anybody take an order from the FBI? If the FBI showed up at my house and gave me an order, why would I be, why would I follow that? What jurisdiction does the FBI have to do that? Huh? Government's a tyrant, folks. A tyrant. Okay, look. I think. Hang on. Hang on. It's FBI banks. Uh, Bobby's got a great thing on destroying me. I'm going to get to that, Bobby. I pray. Huh? Hey, play number seven just so we can be lighthearted here real quick. And then I'm going to open. I'm going to open something up and show you. Bear with me here, okay? Go ahead and show that Pfizer ad. This is great. You ready, folks? Wake up, people. Go ahead. Can't hear. Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. 
Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by there you go. <laughs> oh, it's so good. We're so winning, folks. They cannot put this stuff back in the bottle. They just can't. Okay, Can Paul. Ahead, that, I'll, coach? I'll let you come in, Paul. Stop interrupting. Sorry, Mary Beth. Stop that. Go, Paul. Okay. Hey, Coach. Uh, you know, talking about Pfizer, you know Travis Kelsey, the tight end for Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. I found out yesterday, you know, you've been seeing him on these Pfizer commercials. Yeah. Apparently... He makes $5 million from endorsements from, like, these huge companies. Yep. But and he makes, like, $14 million from his football. Apparently, yep. he's getting paid $20 million to do the Pfizer commercial. Is that right? And while, yeah. he's, doing, and while he's doing that, he's being castrated by Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, exactly. Huh? Exactly. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Here's what I want to get to today. I got, oh, I got some more good stuff here. I got some more good. Pull up for me. The decay of doctor number two. I, I came across this yesterday. I, mean, I couldn't. I couldn't believe. It. Folks, they, they they tell you, they tell you never to uh, read, an, on a show like this, but it's important that we do. Okay. The desperate decay of doctrine in American evangelicalism. So as we scroll down this, put it in the chat because you're all going to want to read it yourself. Okay. So I'm going to point out some things here that are unbelievable about American Christianity. By the way, the stuff that we've been talking about right here. Let me stop right here before I go any farther. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm trying to get you to think. How many of you have ever heard a real knockout sermon at your church on abortion? Hang on. How many of you have ever heard a real knockout sermon on homosexuality? How many of you have ever heard a real knockout sermon on pornography? I, I could just stop on those three things, right? Huh? We don't talk about those things, do we? No, we don't talk about them. So this guy did some research. Uh, one, well, one generation assumes the next one loses. So he goes and he does some research here. And he finds out 52% of American respondents agreed. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you what they agreed. Let's go down statement number one. 65%, this is a survey, okay? 65% of respondents agreed or mostly agreed, on, and only 28 disagreed that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. This is a, this is a survey of evangelifish, okay? 65% of respondents think everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Among self-serving evangelicals, 46% Agreed with that. And the evangelifers think most people are good. That's what they that's what they teach, right? This means that 46% of evangelicals deny that. Post-fall, human beings are sinners by nature. In other words, in the church, you're you're born a good person. You're born a good person. The most recent uh 60 uh, going down. On the question of truth and authority, the state of theology. Uh, most consist going going down. I'm sorry to do this to you. This is just a, for example regarding basic and th- here we go foundational matter of Christian. The, the theory shows 38 percent agree. These are Christians, evangelicals. 38 uh, percent agree that gender identity is a matter of choice, with 40 percent agreeing that the Bible's condemnation of homosexuality behavior does not apply today. 40% of those in the church do not believe homosexuality is a sin. One national survey in 2015 showed that 70% of women who've had abortions identify as Christian. The same report discloses that 43% of women who've had abortions were attending a Christian church regularly when they did it. This is amazing. The abortion numbers among conservative 
evangelical denominations are also aligned. 2018 Pew Research found among the largest conservative Presbyterian church found that 54% of congregants are abortion affirming. 54% of people sitting in a pew are for abortion. 39% are life affirming and 7% don't know. Go to the next one. Similarly, with the largest Lutheran denomination, 46% of Lutherans support abortion. Among the largest evangelical denomination in the United States, Southern Baptists, a report found the majority of Southern Baptists agree that abortion should be legal in at least a few circumstances, with only a third saying it should be totally illegal. Majority of Baptists think abortion should be legal. Going down, clear consensus. There's been a clear consensus among Christians for 2,000 years on matters of sexuality and abortion. Even when some Christians have been inconsistent and hypocritical, God's word has been very clear. It's all right. God's word is sufficiently clear in the condemnation of these abominable sins. So how do we get here? Well, we believe that decay is done for at least two factors. First, far too many leaders in the church have been largely silent for decades on these Christian truths. Somebody, Vinny, boom that, boom that. Pastors won't talk about it because the pastors don't talk about it. People are influenced by media. Amen. Clearly teach and lead the congregations in these areas according to the whole counsel of God. In 2018, a public religion research institute discovered that less than half of white evangelicals and only 39% of white, non-white even, have even heard a teaching on abortion from the pulpit. Only half of the people in church have never heard a teaching on on abortion. Go down. I don't want to hear about Tim Keller. He's a he's a wolf. Run from Tim Keller. Run. He's all about feelings and relationships. Huh? Keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. In recent years, have been growing. Yeah, keep going. 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 I'm gonna put this in the chat. You can do it on yourself. Okay. Here we go. One recent example of self-professing. You want to know why we're in the mess we're in? Why people are confused on voting for a pro-life bill? Here, okay. Evangelical megachurch pastor. Andy Stanley, his unconditional conference, where others were clearly anti-biblical truth and, and uh, pro-sexual morality. The Revoice, Revoice Movement, founded by leaders educated and conservative evangelicals, are attempting to undermine biblical views on sexual morality. Christianity Today, one of the once respected evangelical publication staff, demonstrated clear leftward bias. The unqualified, unqualified public praise of gay-affirming pro-abortion evangelical Christians, such as Rick Warren, Ed Stetzer, Russell Moore, Folks, if many, if not most evangelical Protestant churches and their pastoral leaders were dogmatic and divisive about, about taking COVID shots, right? On and, okay, now I'm going to stop, okay? This is put in the chat so you can go read what's happened. The problem in the church is that the salt has lost his savor. And when the salt loses his savor, it's henceforth good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Are you all peddling Amen. the same direction with me today? This, this, I'm not going to take time to read all this. This is, you got to read it for yourself. You got to, re- you just got to read it for yourself. Scroll down a little bit. Alistair Begg, I mean, these people, these guys are transgender weddings, telling people that, hey, you should never go. I'm, are you looking at me? You should never go to a homosexual wedding. Remember, we talked the other day about just saying no. Say, I love you, but I will not do that. I will not do it. Okay. All of this must make every Christian in a local church ask. Their pastor, this. Okay? What do my pastors personally believe and teach about these biblical matters? Number two, how's my church actively discipling our church on these issues? And three, who are the voices shaping my pastor? Who's my pastor listening to? Right? For many years, these issues were written off as political and not the business of the church. This is wrong-headed. Okay, this is really, really good. Okay, put in the chat now. Sit back. I'm going to show you. Jason Storms, Operation Save America, testified. Wow, this is so good. Put it at 1.5 speed. Now, Jason Storms, who has 10 children of his own, I believe, is Matt Truella's son-in-law. Jason Storm, Pastor Matt Truella, the doctor in lesser master's faith. His son-in-law. And Jason, yesterday, he's now director of Operation Save America. 
Jason Storm's wife and teenagers, along with numerous other local friends and church members, attended a committee hearing in Madison, Wisconsin. Play this at 1.5 speed and listen to how he slices and dices these fake, compromising Republicans. 1.5 speed, you got it? Go ahead. When does human life begin? According to NCBI, view that human life begins when sperm and eggs fuse to give rise to a single-cell human zygote whose genetic individuality and uniqueness remain unchanged during normal development is widely supported. Here we go. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm not as sweet as my daughters, so I apologize for that up front, but uh, I am blessed by them. I uh, am the director of an organization called Operation Save America, where I've been 35 years in the front line of the fight to protect preborn children. We have legislative efforts going in 18 different states. I was just in Florida. I was in Ohio. Ohio was mentioned earlier. I was there on the ground and mobilized hundreds of people in lots of churches in the state of Ohio. And I can tell you one of the reasons that we lost in Ohio was because of the fast? and the weakness, the muddled thinking, the confused rhetoric. Well, yeah, it's, it's worth him. Put it at 1.25. The community, community didn't want it's to make the debate him. in the discussion about babies. They wanted to make the debate in the discussion around protecting women's rights, protecting uh, parental rights. And so they could not even articulate their position clearly passionately and persuasively, and I want to submit to you that that's why we are losing. He said that we are countercultural. We're not countercultural. This is a pro-life state. The problem is pro-life leaders lack the moral courage to stand up and passionately defend and persuasively defend that position. We are in a cultural war, and we're not going to win unless we're willing to fight and display backbone. We were told by political pundits and campaign advisors that Donald Trump could never win using and employing the sort of rhetoric that he did, but he, not only did he win, he shattered records and got more votes than any Republican in history. Why? Not because he's extremely articulate, not because of his noble character, which I think we all would question, but because he simply had backbone and stood, and when he got punched, he punched back. And so what this is about, this is the Republican Party getting punched and wilting rather than standing. What this is about is not trying to find common ground or reasonable solutions to the abortion debate. This is Robin Voss bullying and pressuring his caucus to distance Robin themselves Voss, the of the from House the pro-life position. And shame on you Republican leaders that are capitulating to that. I've been a Republican for 25 years. I've knocked doors for many Republicans in this state, and I am appalled at the cowardice of my party. I am appalled that leaders in my party are saying we need to distance ourselves from the pro-life issue and not defend and protect these helpless little ones and put forth legislation like 14-week bans as though that's reasonable. You can't get an abortion in liberal France after 12 weeks. Your idea of a reasonable policy, pro-life policy, would be considered liberal in liberal France. We are losing on this issue. Yeah, Tim Michaels lost. Dan Kelly lost. It hurt. We didn't, they, they didn't lose, though, because people in Wisconsin want abortion, though there are many who do. They lost because they never articulated the issue. Tim Michaels never gave a passionate defense of the pro-life position. Dan Kelly never gave a passionate defense of the pro-life position. And here today, I've hardly, scarcely heard a passionate defense of the pro-life position. I've heard you say, madam, that you're pro-life and you believe life begins conception and the, young, the, the, the lady over here as well in the opening statements. And yet when they were questioned by the Democrats here, they were ambivalent, hesitant to even answer. How can we say we believe life begins, begins at conception? These are precious human beings made in the image of God that should be loved and protected. And in fact, this is a foundational principle of our whole civilization. In fact, our Declaration of Independence affirmed this. This is foundational to who we are as a people, that we protect human life, that we value family and celebrate motherhood. And we can't stand up and defend that. We're going to distance ourselves from that because Robin Voss wants to bully you. Robin Voss is pro-abortion. And we are going to come after Robin Voss. And we will primary Robin Voss. And anybody that supports this bill, we will primary you as well. We, are, we will expose you in your community because this is a pro-abortion bill. This is not a pro-life bill. Your time's up. Do okay. we have any questions from the committee for Jason? I have a question. Oh, Representative yes, Rosar. Yes, ma'am. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Can you articulate no, what um, former President Trump's position is on this issue? Yeah, he's shown weakness. He said he was pro-life. He came out and even said he was 100% pro-life at one point, but he's always, for the most part, favored exceptions. He did put three good pro-life justices in place that overturned Roe, and I'm thankful for that. But uh, he also oversaw our United States Congress in Republican hands, give $500 million checks to Planned Parenthood every year. So Donald Trump has been extremely weak on this issue, as was Paul Ryan, as been, has been Republican leaders in general. We've been very weak, uh, and we have not been able to stand and defend this position. Yeah, so Donald Trump has come out and said we need to distance ourselves. The Republican Party won't win an abortion, and we need to distance ourselves from it. And I think that's a gross mistake. Scott Walker, if you recall, in 2010, he won on a 100% pro-life position. Scott Walker knew how to articulate. He did his homework. He was the head of the pro-life club at Marquette University in college. Scott Walker understood the issue, could defend it well, could speak articulately on the issue, and persuade people. That's good leadership. And he won three times on a 100% pro-life position in 2010, 2012, his recall, and 2014. In 2018, Scott Walker began to, to soften and waffle on the issue, and he started to uh, compromise and came out with an exceptions position, and he lost in 2018. 
So I, I don't believe the idea that we can't win an abortion. I think we can't win if we don't defend it, if we don't articulate our position. But Scott Walker articulated 100% pro-life position without compromise or exception in any one. And I think you all can do the same if you're willing to stand up and articulate yourselves on the issue and lead passionately and, and, and articulate this fundamental principle, the value of human life. Science is on our side. You, mean, you can Google it, right? I know my time's up. If you're okay, giving me just a second, slow I'll just down. Google slow down. Slow down. Because, folks, they tell you they don't know when life begins. So Jason gets on his phone and types in, when does life begin? And listen to what comes up. Go ahead. Question yeah. satisfactorily. When does human life begin? According to NCBI, view that human life begins when sperm and eggs fuse to give rise to a single-cell human zygote whose genetic individuality and uniqueness remain unchanged during normal development is widely supported. Because the zygote has the capacity to become an adult human individual, it is thought it must be one already. That's National Health Institute and the National Library of Medicine. Uh, that's not a right-wing, you know, source. Uh, Princeton University says the same exact thing. You could go through a dozen textbooks. Human life begins at conception. We know this. Why can't we defend that position and articulate that and protect human life? 940.04 is the law of the land. It is what's on the books. It, it is what went into effect when the Dobbs decision came down. It's why Planned Parenthood closed for a year. It's why affiliated medical services in Milwaukee, largest abortion clinic in our state, closed for a year. They don't care about the 20-week ban. When we passed the 20-week ban, the affiliated medical services on their website for two years after that still advertised abortions up to 24 weeks. There is no enforcement there. 20-week abortion ban doesn't cut it. There's no difference between that. We you seem to, to be quite uh, knowledgeable. Can you refresh my memory on who the governor was when the 20-week ban uh, Scott Walker. was passed? Yeah, it's Governor Scott Walker, yeah. And they, they did that because they said that that's the best we can do because uh, the court, the Supreme Court, will not allow us to impede a woman's right to an abortion. So the thinking was we have to pass legislation that will get past the courts, and the courts will not allow us to pass anything that substantively impacts Roe. And I think that was wrong thinking. I think this state should have done what we did back in 1850 when we defied the Fugitive Slave Act and protected Joshua Glover. We have a monument in downtown Milwaukee about it, right? We defied bad federal law, protected the rights of a, of a runaway slave here, and protected his rights. We should, be, should have done the same thing pre-Roe. But now we're in a position we don't even have to do that. The Dobbs decision has come down. We don't have to pass a 20-week or 14-week ban. Roe has been affirmed that abortion was never a right. We, should be, we shouldn't be putting people's rights on the ballot. My rights are not up to a vote of the people. Your rights aren't up to the vote of a people. Your First Amendment rights shouldn't be voted on, right? Uh, they should be defended, even if it's a minority mm. position. You're right. You can and so stop we should that. be defending the rights. And... Your rights should be voted on. They should be defended. Wow. Wow. That's good. Hey, huh? facts work, don't they, friends? Facts. Amen. That's why they want to lie to us about it. God bless Jason uh, uh, Storms. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Well done, Jason. Well done, Jason. Well done, Jason. Now, look, I'm doubling back. Could your pastor do what you just heard him do? Why not? Huh? Are you are, are you okay with the fact that your pastor can't defend? Are you okay with that? You're sitting under a man who cannot defend life? You're sitting under a man who waffles on life? Would that be the same guy that told you to, to shut down his church and told you to take a jab and wear a mask? Would that be that same guy? That same guy who takes the popular position? Hmm? That's why the Bible said, broad is the way, narrow is the gate. Many come, few find it. Few find it. And it's guys like Jason Storms who are leading the way. It, hey, it ain't Andy Stanley. It isn't Joel Osteen. It isn't Rick Warren. It isn't TD Fakes. It ain't any of these guys, folks. It isn't any of them. And if the, if the church is not actively involved in these great moral issue of our day, then the salt has lost its savor and it's good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. And Republicans can't wait to compromise. Mm. They can't wait. They want to reach across the aisle. Well, other people on the other side, they ain't reaching across the aisle. I'll take a deep breath. Come on in, Lauren. Uh, good morning. That's pretty um, amazing, wasn't it? Wasn't that pretty amazing? No, I love it. It's that's my lane. <laughs> it's definitely my lane. 
And, uh, and thank God that there's somebody actually, you know, praise God that there's actually a man defending life. Amen. You know, because, because in the church, when it comes to abortion and, uh, they don't want to talk, they, women are, women are shunned. You don't want to talk about it. And, um, and you can't get the healing that you need from the being post-abortive. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're, you're not allowed to get that healing, See, but yet so, you're shamed that, Laura, for having Laura, an abortion. Laura Ann, no matter how much they tell you abortion is a good thing and, and uh, uh, all that kind of stuff, and it's a woman's choose, and yada, yada, and God understands that guilt does not leave the heart of an abortion. It hasn't left my heart since the day that I had it. I know when my baby died. I know when my baby should have been born, and it's, and it's plagued me the whole time. You're not and having there's no, there's no, not even though I know, now, come on, best life now. Yeah, right? I mean, and just, and, and, um, you know, when I sit there and I'm harsh and I say my womb became a tomb in my testimony and I can testify about it and not having the support that I needed so that I could do it and not feeling isolated and alone. It's just, it's, and that's where that's, and, and pastors, they just brush over it. And then they're also not talking about the men that are on the other side of the creation right. of this child. That's right. Men aren't being, men aren't going through the healing. They're not, they don't even know that they, cause they've been so groomed into thinking that they're not responsible right. or that this child, this isn't a child that they just woman's lost. Choice. It's a woman's choice. It's a woman's choice. Yep. Yep. And, and, and I, I can personally testify to sitting in a class that Ed Stetzer taught at Wheaton college and um i was shunned in the class because i would not get the um the you know the the jabberdo and um and in that in my leadership class and uh i had to walk a very fine line on whether or not i was going to graduate or not being and that being my last okay, class look, Lauren, i want to move on we get it we get it. hey folks here's here's the question today. i'm not being rude Lauren. if i am rude i, I apologize no look, i get it look, hey folks your pastor doesn't talk about the damn thing. The pastors don't talk about it because the pastors have been taught. Now, I don't know what they've been taught. I really don't know. The pastors have been taught that the poor woman, it was a difficult choice for the woman. Well, hell yeah, it's murder. That's a pretty difficult choice, isn't it? And the pastor doesn't want to say anything about it because there are post-abortive women sitting in the pew and he doesn't want to pick any scabs in there. Well, if they get scabs from abortion, then how can it be a good thing? They won't talk about it. And because they don't talk about it, the con congregants are confused. Who are you to judge? Hmm? Who are you to judge? It's a difficult decision between a woman and her doctor. All these freaking lies being told, the church does nothing to combat them. My, I'll never forget my daughter. I won't say her name. Our daughter, when, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, are you looking at me? There is no constitutional right to an abortion in America. Do you understand that, friends? There is none. There is no constitutional right to abortion anymore, despite what they told you. When that decision was over, uh, overridden by the Supreme Court, when the Supreme Court, see, the Supreme Court didn't have any stones either because the Supreme Court should not have said it's a state's rights issue because it is a human rights issue. No, you can't murder another human being. No, no state can legalize the murder of human beings, period, right? Amen. And so my, my, my daughter was all excited. She went to church the day after, well, the decision came down on Friday. She shows up at church for a pro-life rally at a church. Never mentioned it. Never mentioned it. Never mentioned it. The greatest pro-life victory in our lifetime, never mentioned by most pulpits. And what did that judge tell Bill Dunphy? You're a minister. You're not supposed to be sticking your nose in politics, right? Well, we bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, Myra. I'm hey, look, look. Yeah, I'm pissed. Go ahead, Myra. Coach. Um, thank you. So concerning the beloved folks that are attending the Ohio event this weekend, it is written. 
Psalm 113. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted in the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit, and his season, his leaf, also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. And that is the huddle. Hallelujah. Amen. Dave, Jerry, one of you. Let's jump back to Carl, Carl Frisch, the uh, school board uh, president in Fairfax, Virginia. Uh -huh. You know, we saw him swearing in on those books, and That's everybody right. was upset, right? Somebody actually, should have come and arrested him, Dave. Somebody should have come and arrested him. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree with that, and I'm against what he stands for, but at least he was up front and honest where he was at. You know, seriously, see, that's what we don't see. At least he was telling us, and he went on to say at that meeting, I read uh, the article about that guy, and he went on to say, these are the principles I support, and I'm proud to support him in our school district. Now, once he's out in the open, now all the people say, oh, my gosh, what did we do, right? But here's the problem we have, Coach. Sunday morning, there's a guy behind the pulpit. He's holding this, he's holding this book, but he's pro-abortion. He's, he's pro-pornography because he already said he never preaches against us. He's pro-divorce. He's pro all these things. So he's silent on them, Dave. He won't, Dave, he won't say he's pro those. He's silent on those. Go ahead. I thought we said that silence is is is. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you, dude. Okay. I'm with let's, you. let's 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 stay let's stay on track here. See, and this is a problem, and but he's preaching this gospel that there's nothing I can do that can separate me from the love of God. Oh, buddy, yeah. And with that message, I can fill football stadiums. I can fly around the country and in my own private jet, and I can have that will be my best life now. Mm-hmm. Amen. And see, Amen. this is a problem, is we got guys holding on this Bible, but really deep down in their hearts, they're preaching a false gospel, and so many people are sitting in a teaching every day, and that's where we're, where we're at. Amen on that one. Go ahead, Jeff. Coach, with everything that's going down, we've got a meeting tonight at the Apple Valley Clubhouse, and it's the Republican Party with all these shysters running for offices, sheriff and county commission, they're all going to be over there. So I'm meeting somebody over there. I got, I'm going to come up with some statement and a question for all these political people running. I don't know what it is yet. I'm going to pray about it today. It's like, Lord, what will you have me say to this group of politicians tonight? So we'll see where it goes. Hey Amen. Tell them the truth, Jeff. Tell them the truth. Hang on a minute. I'm sending something to you, Spencer. Somebody come on in here while I get this to Spencer. Come on, come on, somebody come in, come on. Hey, Coach, I just want to say I'm going to be starting my Thursday night Bible study tonight, so pray that all goes well. You don't have to pray now, but if, pray. We pray that it all goes well, Betty. Starting her own. And this we all, is Martin. We got to all start doing that. We got to all start doing it. People ask me, Coach, where do you where do you go to church? I said I do I do I do home church. What? Yeah, I do home church. Well, why? Huh? I feel most comfortable there. Because I'll tell you the truth. Can I tell you the truth? I will tell you the truth. I just sent you something, Spencer. Often I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. No. Coach, I'd just like to say, um, to double back on what Laura Ann was talking about, uh, having that uh, piece of her heart gone due to abortion, I'm publicly announcing this now on Coach Dave Live. I share in that same loss of heart. I forced my girlfriend back in the 90s to kill our child. She looked at me on the way to the abortion clinic and said, and I believe it was the voice of Jesus coming through this young woman, do you really want to do this, Martin? And I looked at her with all of my Luciferian eyes and said, yes. And I'll never, ever forget that day. Amen. I'll never forget it. Amen. But I will say this to any man out there, man up. If you did this, 
man up and get healing because it's probably where a lot of your anger is being stemmed from yep. and you need to deal with it. If you are a Christian man now, I want you to read the story of David when he lost his baby due to his sin with Bathsheba. You can find it in Samuel 12, 1 Samuel chapter 12. You need to get healing, brothers. And Laura Ann is right. The men carry the pain too. I know I do. Okay, I so listen. I do. Okay, so listen. Listen, I'm, I got you. I got you. Now I'm going to say this. Not a Martin. I'm not. I'm just going to say it. Okay, I'm just going to say it. If you want to talk, raise your hand. There are people waiting to get in. Quit ditching. Love you, Martin. Charles Finney said. The pulpit is responsible for the decay of conscience. Scroll down. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, if the church is degenerate and worldly, if the world loses its interest in religion, if Satan rules in our calls of legislation, if our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible. Huh? Anybody disagree with that? Come on in, Dr. Paul. Hey, Coach. Uh, in case people haven't heard this before, there were slots in my medical school for people didn't make the grade, but when they graduated, they were going to do abortions. And I talked to these people in my class, and I, I, I thought I was talking to demons. And the reality is, Coach, none of this happens without a doctor's hand in it. And I've talked to, uh, you know, Lee Merritt and a couple others, and this is what we're working on. We're trying to displace this thing called health care and this, this abomination of killing and dismembering babies. And people need to understand the sheer numbers are astounding. The worldwide um, population that has been murdered in war maybe is half a billion. Since Roe versus Wade, it's three billion dismembered babies. I'm going to say this to to my grave because I can't believe we've gone this far. And the Pope says he agrees with the state's right to abortion. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable, Paul. It's it's unbelievable, right? Uh, Pulpit is responsible. The pulpit is responsible, folks. The pulpit is responsible. The pulpit's folks. Look, we have a Christian church without a Christian worldview. You say what? Yeah, we have people who call themselves Christians who don't live their lives through the view, the the the, uh, veil of Christianity. They don't have Christian precepts and understandings. They don't have it. Why? The pulpit isn't teaching them that. Think of that stuff Joel Osteen's teaching. Think what Rick Warren's teaching. Think what T.D. Fakes is teaching. What's your pastor teaching? Is your pastor taking on these tough issues? No! No! I do. And then they call me crazy. Right? Are you listening to him? Oh, are you listening? He's going to get you in trouble. Oh, he's just starting a cult. Yeah, Betty, you, you used to be really sweet. Now, Betty, now you, golly, Betty, now you don't compromise on anything anymore. Betty, you, you need Jesus, Betty. Jesus loves everybody, Betty. Come on, Betty. Where'd you get so, where'd you get so hard, harsh and dog mad at? Dog mad. Come on, Betty. Jesus loves everybody. Right? Right? Bernie. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Um, you know, we're, we talk about the issues. Well, the issue is that you know, Christianity is not about us, who we are. It's about who Christ is. Amen. All right. And and it's not about Christianity is not a rebellion. It's the end the rebellion, the rebellion against the one just authority who is God himself, Amen. our creator. All right. Amen. And nobody can get that right. I There was a guy in church. I met this guy. And, was a great guy, just a real strong Christian. And you heard his testimony, and uh, he, he he killed somebody, okay? 
he murdered somebody. And uh, he went to jail for it and somehow he got out in good behavior. And I never would have known this guy's the nicest guy, just most loving Christian guy I ever met. But yet at one time in his life, he was filled with just Bernie, there's been times when I others. there's been times when I could have killed somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know what? And and I and it's in all of our hearts, you know. I yep. mean that 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 rage and vengeance. But but we've been preaching the sin is without consequence. That's right. We have, oh what grace, grace, we need grace, to stop grace, being ashamed grace. of who the Lord is. Okay. Oh, the Lord's gonna mean to wipe out those people. You know what? We all deserve to be wiped out. That's right. I don't deserve grace. No. I don't I don't have a right. I have a right because because God gave it. Think about Psalm, I mean, David says, you know, against thee and thee only have I sinned. You know, I had and I I had a tough time working through that. I'm like, well, what about Uriah? Hey, let me tell you something. Hey, what do you mean? Okay, here's what I know. Here's what I know. My sin cost somebody something. (laughs) I can promise you that. Huh? I wasn't just forgiven. No, 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 no. The debt was paid. Somebody paid what I did. Well, I was trying to get to the point that the reason why it was against God and God only is because that was God's law that he broke. Right. It was God's law. That was God's Uriah. That was God's Bathsheba. God is the one who was violated in all sin. That's right. All right. Whether whether it's thought word or not honoring your father or look, if he told you to do it, do it. And if you did and if you didn't do it, then go and apologize, repent and say, Man, I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna depart from evil. I'm gonna you know fear the Lord and depart from evil. That's our our message in, in all Amen. things, whether it's abortion or anything else. Okay, thank you. Amen, Randy. Coach, you know me. We have to see the what the new pulpit is, Coach. The, the this is the picture. The old pulpit was in the building and it had a pastor and everybody gathered around them and, and it worked for a while. And, 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 but God is changing that coach. It's he, he's not changing, but we have to, it's a new wine skin. The new pulpit is the people. It is we, the people, it is the equipped people boots on the ground, 24 seven, everywhere they walk, speaking the word of God. That is the pulpit coach. And if you can't get out of the old mentality, Look, the church became something that it wasn't. It, it can't teach what it doesn't know. That's right. It can't tell you. It can't bring conviction because there's no Holy Spirit there. It can't bring the law and, and justice and righteousness because the Holy Spirit, John said in John 16, he will declare of me, Jesus said, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and justice. He will. We have to get see the Holy Spirit moving and working in real time and be with him, the boots on the ground. And then, Coach, that is the pulpit. That is what God is bringing forth. We have to see that. If we look at the church and go back to the building, we will never be what God That's is right. bringing forward. It's, we're That's just right. going to stay in that old wineskin. That's right. We have to move on. And, amen. Amen. The cloud amen. of glory is moving. We are under it. we got to stay moving. <laughs> if we build our camp and camp out, he moves on and we stay there. And that's what the denominations have done. That's what the churches have done. And we have to be movable. We are a, a, a flowing, living entity. The church should be. we got to move and keep moving, Coach. Folks, the church is not one man leading a bunch of people. Sorry. Sorry. That model's dead, baby. That model is dead. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. The idea, this ain't, this ain't 1952. It ain't 1982. We're in a different world. And coach, sadly, our leadership is way, 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 way behind us. But see, Coach, the model Dale presents is he he teaches and then leads them out. That's what He doesn't stay there. He isn't a classroom guy. He doesn't stay there. He makes them put their feet on the ground and be the church. That's and right. there's a big difference. The churches, there's a few doing that, but most of them can't do it because they, they don't have what it takes to do that. Hey, Randy, you know, you know how you love a sinner? You guys know how you love a sinner? You tell them the truth. That's how you love a sinner. You don't go up there and rub their back and tell them what a brave sinner they are. If you love them, you're going to tell them the truth that they're on their way to hell. That's the most loving thing you can do. But not in the church. That's judgmental. Don't do that, Coach Dave. You'll turn them away from the gospel. Really? If they are, if they get upset 
because I tell them they're a sinner and they need a savior. <laughs> what hope is there for them? John Lovin, come on in, John. Hey, thanks, Coach. Good morning, everybody. Hey, uh, let me read a let me read a verse of scripture out of Second uh, Timothy chapter four, and verse three. It says, "For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine." Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them great numbers of teachers. Look at that. Great numbers of teachers to say what their itchy ears want to hear. Yep. They yep. will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Yep. Now, um, uh, you know, uh, the last church I went to, I went there for 18 Hang months. Hang on a second, John. Yes, sir. Next verse. But watch thou, watch you in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. That's how you make full proof of your ministry. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, the scripture also says, tells us that uh, Jesus learned obedience through suffering. That's a message that uh, nobody really wants to hear. But yep. if he had to learn obedience through suffering, why not us? But anyway, that's another nut. No, but here. So, so the last church I went to, right? So um, went there about 18 months. Never once did the pastor talk about sin. And uh, I was given an opportunity to speak in front of the church, and uh, uh, I, I, I spoke on Isaiah 53, and I talked about sin, rebellion, and iniquity. But I talked about the, the, that Jesus died for all of it. Uh, I went into it, but anyway, I won't go into it here. But, but the short of this is, the short of the long hair is, uh, I never, ever got asked to speak again. <laughs> you know they're not preaching the full counsel of god's word and the and the fundamental doctrines of truth are not being preached from the pulpit because people don't want to put up with it they don't want to hear it they don't want to hear god it. bless thanks john they don't want to hear it they don't want to hear it i said look first y'all come on in good morning team um i apologize if you, you can't hear me well I, I just wanted, I got a bad connection. So this, you may have covered this. The number one leading cause of death last year was abortion. Amen. That may, that may be why you're having this conversation this morning, but I just heard that yesterday. Think about that. The leading cause of death is them ripping a child out of his mother's wombs. 60 million, right? Now we heard Jason Storms play that clip where they explained when life begins. When life begins. You think the Republicans care? No, the Republicans are trying to give 12-week bans and 16-week bans and and uh, uh, what's the other one? A heartbeat bans, right? Dudes, this is 2024. We know when life begins. Hey, Dr. Paul, when does life begin? Does, is there a doctor? Would you ever go to a doctor that couldn't determine whether you were dead or alive? Folks, would any of you ever go to a doctor who couldn't determine the most basic thing, whether you were dead or alive? Paul, when's life begin? Begins with light, coach. Begins with conception. Um, you can't convince me otherwise. So, so what? Lies, deception, and fear. Oh, my. Lies, deception, and fear. And so we tell a woman who is pregnant out of wedlock because she had sex outside of marriage that one sin complicates another sin, we tell her, get that, kill that little baby and all your problems will go away. And it is a lie. Now we claim to love our neighbor, yet we allow lies to be told to him. We allow lies to continue to be perpetrated. Are, are you folks, are you kidding me? We uh, live not by lies. Where's the book? We talked about it the other day. What, what, what the, what is wrong with the church? What is wrong that we won't stand up? Look, are you looking at me? It's never okay to kill a baby. And a lot of times I'll have people say to me, like when I get to speak to those high schools, you know, and they'll say, well, what would you do? What would you do if your wife was raped? And I said, well, I know what she would do. She would lay down her life for her child. That's what my wife would do. It would be horrible that it was raped. It would be horrible. She'd see that little baby, and she'd probably think of that rape every day, like she wouldn't think of it anyway, right? But she'd see that little baby, and she'd love that little baby, and we would give life and a home to that little baby. That's what, that's what I would do. 
So, so in other words, if I go murder, the, if my wife were to get raped and get pregnant, and we go abort the baby, how do two wrongs make a right? Can somebody explain that one to me? How do two wrongs make a right? Uh, can, can you murder somebody? Let me ask you a question. Very simple. My wife gets raped. She gets pregnant. Can I go kill the rapist? Can I go kill the rapist? Me. Can I go kill the rapist? Sila. No. No. Isn't the rapist the one who should be killed? Yeah. So a woman gets raped, so they say, and they kill the baby? That seems to be misapplied justice. <laughs> Somebody help me out here, right? So see, this is the thinking we have. Christians don't think biblically. Christians don't think biblically. We'll say it again. Christians don't think biblically. Did you put in the chat that thing I read about the, the, the loss of doctrine? That's where it is. That's where it is. We have Christians sitting in churches who believe abortion is necessary. Christians. Christians. And then we wonder why when we go to the ballots, abortion is passed. Because Christians are for it. Why are they for it? Because the pastor hadn't told them it's wrong and why it's wrong. And not only that, supporting abortion is a grievous sin. It's a grievous sin. It'd be better for you to put a millstone around your neck and be thrown into the deepest part of the ocean than to mislead or teach to little women that they can kill their baby. You are going to be held responsible. The church is going to be held responsible. Pastors standing in the pulpit who wink and nod at abortion and won't take it on because they're going to offend people. I'm telling you, you are going to stand before God and you are going to give an account for it. And I'm going to tell you this. If I was pastor in a church, if there's somebody in my church who is pro-choice, I would ask them to leave. Would anybody disagree with that? I would believe. We don't believe in that here. There's a lot of churches that you can go to that agree with that one. And we pray the blessings of God upon you, but you are not welcome here. That takes some tough stones, wouldn't it? That's what I do at my church. Jack, come on in. Yeah, just very quickly, before I could even articulate many, many, many years ago, the the abortion issue. I knew, and I quoted, it's either medical, truly medical, or murder. There's nothing else. There's nothing in between. It's medical or murder. There's a reason for or there it's murder, period. Period. There's nothing else. And that was that was 35 years ago I could articulate that. So, I, didn't, I couldn't give you all so the other stuff. Let me, let me get a little closer to home here, Jack. Most people don't know that, that you have a daughter with Down syndrome. You know, there's debates as to whether or not we ought to be able to abort children with Down syndrome. Jack, has there ever been more joy in your life than that little girl brought into your life? <laughs> Stop it, Coach. That's terrible. I can't even talk. It's so she's such a wonderful asset to my life. She's an asset to the whole state of Maine. Everybody in Maine knows her. She is the love. She's the hug. She walks up to people and, and and takes their stress away just by hugging them. Amen, baby. I've seen her do it hundreds of times. And they want to legal they want to legalize killing people with Downs. Folks, what a world we live in. God bless you. Rochelle, come on in. Or did you not yeah, take your real hand? Real quick, though, two right? things. Yep. No, I'm can you hear me? Yeah. Um, Jack, good for you. And um I would like to say this that I used to sit next to a woman whose daughter was pregnant and they told her daughter that her baby was going to have down syndrome and her baby did not have down syndrome. <laughs> so I don't know how they got that wrong, but they were wrong. Anyway, the other thing is one of the most um, moving testimonies I ever heard was from a woman who was raped and had her baby. She said it made no sense for this terrible, violent act to happen to me. And then for me to turn around and go kill something That's right. you know that wasn't going to make it any better. And she kept her baby and she never thinks about the rapist. She says that's yeah. the furthest thing from her mind. 
As right. a matter of fact, the it's, only the only stress that has ever brought her was that, believe it or not, rapists have access to their children, which I don't think that should be allowed. But that be allowed. That, that's been the only issue. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. But an abortion does not erase the memory of a rape. Come on. You don't kill somebody so you don't have a memory of it, right? Come on. We're better than this. Got to run. It's 8 o'clock. See you tomorrow.